Hey, hello, and welcome to Growing Up with Papa, Season 2. Now, in Season 2, we're going to focus more on children's ministry and the importance of being involved in children's ministry. Hopefully, give some insight, some inspiration, some instructions, and how we do things at Christ Temple Pentecostal Church in the Sunday School Department. We're also going to share ideas from other folks that we're connected with. Now, you may say, is this for me? You betcha. If you've got youngins in your life, you need to listen in. So, hey, listen up. Get on board as we tackle topics and investigate ideas about the greatest ministry in the whole kingdom right here on Growing Up With Papa. Hey, whoa, there we are. Here we are once again, Growing Up With Papa. Wait a minute. Where have you been? I mean, where have I been? Well, I can tell you, I've got... Lots of excuses if you want to hear them, and I'm fixing to lay a few of them out there for you. But this is the sound of me coming up for air <gasps> and saying hello and hoping I can get them put on out and sticking with it the rest of the year and not not having to meet any holiday breaks. And, well, it mostly wasn't the holidays. Let me tell you a little bit about what it was. Six weeks ago, that's how long it's been since we've done a podcast. I mean, it's been on my mind every day since. I said, I've got to get some content put out. I've got to get back in there. Well, today, we kind of iced in, so I found my audio face, my little uh, audio interface device and drug my laptop out because we're in the middle, and it was it was in a box stacked in a back room along with about a ton of other stuff because we're in the middle of a huge undertaking. We have got carpenters at our house. It's been here for six weeks. We added on a room. It's going to be really cool. It's going to be It's going to be my uh, reason why I'll never miss another one. It's going to be our music room slash game room slash podcast room slash fun room. On the end of our house, we added on uh, – a big place we're gonna hopefully for the kids it's gonna be for everybody but we're gonna have a little platform built all the instruments musical instruments set up microphones we're gonna have hopefully something that they can get in there and play and sing and entertain and do just without having to hook up stuff we had a little music room we called it and it's so full of guitars i don't know who bought all these guitars but there's like 30 guitars in this room it's a 12 by 12 old bedroom and so there's no room for anything else. We have a keyboard set up. but So we're getting our own big entertainment room, whatever. It's going to be just singing and playing and podcasting. And Sister, Sister Ashley wants a pool table. Now, I don't even know if that's even legal. If Is that apostolic? I don't know. She might want some smoke and lights and a dance floor for you know it. I don't know. <laughs> She's cutting up turnips saying no. She's got coffee going. So I'm at the kitchen table because I got kicked out of my music room, podcast room. So if Big John busts through the door screaming about a birdie shot or something, we're going to have to, may have to edit it out or just leave it in. Be like Brother Booker, raw and unedited. And Brother Booker and Brother Gabe Baker's kind of <clears throat> called me out a little bit here lately about not being on board and. Uh, not having podcasts put out, but that's one of my excuses right there. We have our house is gutted. We're trying to live in it with I'm looking at stud walls where we're remodeling the bathroom right now. So we're in the middle of all that. I'm trying to keep 
lumber cut for the carpenters. We we got to cut some trees and saw our own lumber for the addition, getting everything bought for them, keeping them busy. And so I drug my stuff out, and we back at it. So that's one of our excuses. What's another one? Oh, I had built a shop, a nice shop. It's going to be a meat house slash mechanic, two big bay doors, uh, nice slab metal building, but it's kind of on standby. The guys came in and built it in four days, got out of here. It's going to be a nice place for me to uh, move my processing business over. And uh, I had a ding. I'm going to put this on airplane mode because sometimes my phone will interfere with this audio recording if it's close enough. That was our children's ministry message group. So I think that might have been Sister Bree or somebody messing me up. No, she does. She is one of the greatest repliers I guess I've ever seen to a a group text. She can come up with some very good stuff. So speaking of shop, meat house, I have processed, this is another excuse, 54 deer this year. Now, always in the past, I've done a little bit on the side. I have some equipment for butchering and grinding and tenderizing and vacuum sealing and all that kind of stuff for a few local friends and family and a few people. Well, I don't advertise because, you know, down here in the South, everybody hunts and you can get swamped really quick. I could just get way more than I could handle if I tried to advertise. So I just do a little along and I hate telling anybody no. So what I've done is just took on more and more. And I even got mama banded out in the meat house a few times till late at night after work, packaging and grinding and tenderizing. Her 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 specialty is the shoulders. She can she can take a, a deer shoulder, carve it out, trim it up, get it ready to throw in the grinder before uh uh I don't know what's a good country southern saying, before a cat can lick his tail. So that's a couple of excuses I have. Six weeks of carpenters. We we got some, some good cypress trees. I sawed them dudes down, sawed them up into length, 10-foot logs, made the siding for our house. We sawed them on the sawmill and got some beautiful lumber, which matched what we already had on our house. So, Brother Gabe Baker, Kid Men Backstage, phenomenal podcast, but he did make mention of uh, me being absent for a little while, a little bit of tardy, a delinquent. And Brother Booker said something about it a time or two. Oh, well, something I wanted to mention, they always mentioned growing up with Papaw, but it's funny to me, and I guess it's just being north of Louisiana. <laughs> Seems like everybody has trouble saying saying it like I say it. So they try to mimic Papaw the way I say Papaw and the way my kids say Papaw, so it comes out. It comes out, it sounds like it's hard for them. It's like it's unnatural. It's like they're trying to say papaw or something, but they I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. You guys will learn to talk one of these days, I guess. So go check them out. Kid Men Backstage, Apostolic Children's Ministry 2.0. They are some of the best podcasts out there, and we can all jump on and 
poke fun at and jab Brother Tyler Hodge in the ribs and say, come on, Brother Hodge, where are you at? He does some phenomenal stuff, too, and I've learned lots of things from him. Brother Booker has a a place that you can go and find all apostolic podcast material. Um, something about Linktree. I didn't write it down. It's not in front of me. But you can go to his, his website, uh, apostolicsundayschool.com, and there's a link there for all apostolic people who have some sort of a podcast. And I think that's a really neat thing. So y'all look that up. Today, we're going to be talking about, we're going to pick right back up, just like we had missed six weeks. Our topic is combating gender dissolution. Now, this is a huge topic with a lot of deepness that I'm not nearly ready to jump into right here on this podcast, but I would like to just point out that there is a motive that the enemy that the world has against our children, against the church in general, but it seems like they won't, obviously would want to target our children. And one of the things that seems to affect a lot of our boys, especially is, uh, is called, is calling masculinity toxic and creating a victim mentality for for anybody who who has uh and I know this is this is something that we could really talk about I know there's such a thing as as uh, abuse and overbearing and uh, bullying from an adult standpoint but I'm just talking about having a good solid masculine man figure available in in your life and the benefits of that and actually that's the way god made a man to be and all our boys need some influence from men and the the pressure from this culture is to uh to bring everything together to make the boys more like girls and the girls more like boys and it's it's goal and its aim basically to destroy our future our promise uh in the church is is to take that masculinity out of our guys. Now, that's why we do we do boy things. We we hunt, we fish, and I know every culture is different, and everybody don't have access to things that are outdoorsy and uh, maybe rough and tough, dirty kind of things. But you know, boys can be boys no matter where they live and no matter what they what environment they're in, there is a, a good positive way to influence them that leads them towards their creator, that leads them toward not the idols and gods of this world, but to to the lifting up of, of God, you know, because, um, you know, the, the church, the headship of the church, Christ is the head of the church. We have that stereotype set up. It's ready, you know, it's it's the way that uh, God created everything. And, you know, a lot of times I think the world looks for a reason to not be accountable, not to be held accountable, to say that you're, you know, whatever you're judging or you're doing this and that. But basically the bottom line I'm trying to get to today is we need more men in the Sunday school department. We need the influence of men 
who work, men who are strong, men who do manly things, being around our boys. And a lot of times we see the ladies influence our guys more, and there'll be a trend most of the time that you'll see in those atmospheres that the, the boys would – it creates – it creates this culture that they want to stay in. And in our uh, horse feed today, I'm going to cover a little bit of that. But we need more men in Sunday school. We need that influence. You know, uh, I thought about maybe starting this. We don't really have that issue as much in our our local church, uh, everyday, you know, member in, in our church family. All our guys pretty much have an influence, but there are some some of our ones we pick up on the buses that don't have as much of a father influence in the homes as uh, as some of the other guys. And I thought about maybe trying to do a little bit of enough investigation without you know feel like I'm intruding on in their lives, but maybe creating a group where these boys are connected with these me, some men in the church to do manly things, maybe take them fishing, take them hunting, take them out and just scout whatever's available that they do just to have that influence in their life that they don't have already. And I think that's very important because the world wants to shut down reproduction in the church. It wants to shut down growth. And if you water down everything down and blend it all together to where everything's like one, then there will be no reproduction. That's just the way it is, and the enemy knows that, and he targets our children a lot of times. So if you're a man and you're, you've are you been thinking about it, the best way, one of the best ways to work in the kingdom of God is to get involved in a child's life. You don't have to get up there and be a rubber bandit and run a puppet. I'm not saying that I know that men have a hard time doing those things a lot of times because we're, we're men, and... You know, it's hard to get through a lot of that stinking pride, <laughs> if that's what you want to call it. it. Just the embarrassment. That's just the way men are made a lot of times. But you can you can be friends with the children. You can be friends with the boys. You know, and on the other side of the coin, the girls need ladies' influence in their life. They need uh, they need that nurturing, caring atmosphere. We may have covered a little bit of this in the past, but uh, today this I was wanting to cover this in our topic in uh, Sunday school. So, hey, men, get involved. These boys, these boys need you. They need a they need manly influence in their life. Whoa, whoa, whoa. hold on there a minute, boots. When you hear that sound, that means we fixing to kick open the feed barrel and dig around a little bit. Cause there's more in there than just horse feed. <laughs> hey, you hear that? That means it's time for a horse feed. Man, I've missed this. Ain't you, Boots? <laughs> yep, that's what I thought. Today in our topic, we've been talking about the way that the world creates this culture and this current that pulls our children in a certain direction. And I wanted to point out that children are like a raft that are afloat without personal propulsion. They're like a boat just adrift. They need to be in a river where the current is strong. Now, you may have strong current in your church, or you may not have strong current in your church, but children need 
especially nowadays, to be in a place where the current is strong in the right direction. Ephesians 4 and 14, listen to this, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. Now, I've never thought about it like this until I got to looking at children being like a raft in the current. It says that we're not like children that are carried about with every wind of doctrine, tossed to and fro. So that lets me know, hey, maybe children are influenced. Maybe that's what it's saying. That a child is influenced by its surroundings more than an adult, more than somebody who's rooted and grounded. And there's people that's lying in wait to deceive those people that are like that, the children that we have in our lives. Uh, they're just more susceptible to to doctrines, to, to the currents of this world. Now, a river has a certain direction of pull or draw, and children are going to go with the flow. That's just the way they are because they're not rooted and grounded. They're not established. They don't have their own propulsion like we're talking about. So if there's no flow, they're more likely to be pushed by the winds of this world. And like the Scripture said, carried away, carried about by winds of doctrine into ineffective places. That's what the winds of this world want to do. And if there are dead spots, maybe the wind's not blowing, but the current's not really pushing them like it needs to. Or maybe just a little bit of movement beneath the surface, then they're going to drift amiss without purpose. But when there's a strong flow in a certain direction, they will be swept into the community of a culture that's bound for a common destination. And that's where we need them to be. So everybody, do your best to create this current, create this flow in the right direction so that these children can get on board. We return you now to your regularly scheduled program. I know you've heard the term, and the world wants to portray a man and masculinity and someone who is strong and authoritative maybe as toxic and overbearing. And it's because the spirit of this world don't want authority. They don't want to take uh, directions and to be overpowered, have dominion over them by anybody or anything. They want to be their own ruler. That's the spirit of this world is to be in charge and answer to no one. And the spirit of a man has dominion and it has power over the things under him. But there are definitely roles that a man, only a man can play in the life of a child and in different areas of, of life, that a man, that's his place, that's his position, and we don't need to we don't need to water that down. God's definition of a man has its place in the kingdom. If you take all the fruits of the Spirit and all the things that the Bible teaches and you apply that to what God put inside a man, then he becomes a leader, he becomes a a strong influencer, he becomes he becomes somebody that God can really use in his kingdom. So we don't need to push aside manliness. We don't need to shield those kind of things from our children. So we don't need to let just mama raise the kids and let the mamas teach the Sunday school classes. We need some men. We need some good, strong men just being available and just being in the presence. A man in the presence of a room a lot of times can change the whole atmosphere. Just that authoritative spirit that God put in him 
not that the kids will be scared or or feel like they're being subdued or belittled, but it's just that presence. A lot of times can just make the rowdy ones calm down and make a lot of them step up and want to be better and want to be a better person in the presence of a man. Whoa, Boots. When you hear that sound, that means it's time for hair and a biscuit. That's right. Just a little something you wasn't expecting that we're going to pull out and check out before we go any further. All right, get ready, Boots. Here we go. Hair and a biscuit. Hey, that's hair and the biscuit time. About forgot about hair and the biscuit. Me too. <laughs> for our hair and the biscuit today, we're going to be talking about, and I said in the past that I was going to talk about some more of these, but my dad, my daddy has many encounters, if you would look at it that way, many things in his life that has just been supernatural. And he's a quiet man. He don't talk about him a lot, but I wanted to start sharing some of these things with you. He's been a trooper these last few weeks. We've been working on our house. I would be working, and he would be running the sawmill after his second open-heart surgery. Doctors told him don't do anything, don't get hot. He is down there running a sawmill, supplying. Every time the carpenters look up, they got another bundle of two-by-fours ready to go whatever he's he's doing it to it taking care of everything down rocky creek road for me and brother posey so this happened to him during his second open heart surgery he was in the hospital and he told me this story that there was a a nurse lady that came in explained what she looked like sat down in the chair and uh just started talking to him so the light was dim he couldn't really see her face really well but she just wanted to have a conversation. So she said, tell me something. So his opportunity, you know, he, he's looking for this opportunity to share the gospel with anybody. And he probably had his Bible there, and he went to tell her about some scripture, maybe some stuff he'd been reading while he's recovering from his uh, second open-heart surgery. And he said this went on for a while, like just 20, 30 minutes maybe went by, and this lady just seemed enthralled and kept saying, tell me more, tell me more. And he finally said, well, you should probably get on back to work. I don't want to keep you here all night. He said, mouth was getting dry. He said he was. He got a little water. and She said, oh, no, it's slow tonight. She said, and you're my only patient. Well, he did. He shared everything. You know, he talked about some more of the word, and it influenced him so much after all this evening went on the way up in the night. She, he said that she was in there the next day. He was wondering, he was watching for, her. he kept looking. He said he had never seen this nurse while he was in there. So he kept looking and he finally asked one of the other nurses, he said, uh, where's that nurse? And he called her name because she had told him, uh, her name, or maybe she had a name tag on and, uh, her name was this and she looks like this. And, uh, I wonder where she was at. She was in here the other night. He said the lady looked at him in a strange way and said, uh, sir, there's nobody here that, that goes by that name. And so he went to try, maybe try and explain more. And he, she said, she said, I, there's nobody here. She said, I know everybody on this floor and there's nobody here that way you've described. And uh, he felt like then that he was talking to an angel. And the Bible says we entertain angels unaware sometimes. And he felt like he was at that moment. And I thought that was a really neat story. And so you never know. 
You never know. We return you now to your regularly scheduled program. Hey, that looks like it's just about a wrap. Hopefully, I'll be able to keep these going. Uh, we're not through with our carpenters. They still have several weeks to go, but maybe I can find a quiet place since I've got all my equipment drug back out and uh, keep the sawdust off of it. We even thought about moving to the camp for a while if uh, if they if they had to tear out some walls, it got cold or whatever. But today, me and Mama Bandits just looking at what little bit of ice we got outside. Didn't have to work, so we had a little bit of time. And so next week, we're going to cover some tips and suggestions on how to effectively lead kids into prayer and seeking for the Holy Ghost, some, some things that we've learned on our own and some stuff that we stole from Brother Tyler Hodge <clears throat> off of his podcast and just some things that we've learned. So listen up next week. We'll have some more hair in the biscuits and horse feeds, and hopefully we'll have a finished house pretty quick. We'll be able to get get podcasting from our new room. All right, Boots, let's get out of this rat hole. <laughs>